Attention, please. Places for top of show. Places for top of show. Hello, and welcome to Twins Talk Theater. We are Cindy and Stacy, and we're talking about theater, backstage life, and all the excitement that the audience doesn't get to see. Enjoy the show. Hi, everyone. So as you probably noticed on the Instagram page and Facebook and all that, I, Stacy, because you probably can't recognize the difference in voices, uh, got a new job a couple months ago. It's 1540 Productions. I believe they're in the middle of changing their name to 1540 Creative because we're not just a production company. We do way more than that. And I started the job, was it November, December time period? Sounds about right. Yeah, something like that. Not very good at that, but... Uh, yeah, so I've been there for a couple of months, and uh, then the quarantine hit, but still technically there. So thought I'd talk about that, because this is a non-theater job in the sense that I'm not actually in a theater where actors say lines? Or sing lines? Ballet? Yeah, not sure. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, yeah, that's a good description. There's no stage with performers. Yeah, not normally. Yeah, it's interesting. So anyways, uh, I got the job, or I first learned about the job, because an old friend from college, uh, Irma, texted one day and said, or sent a Facebook message or whatever, uh, and said, hey, the company I'm working for is looking for, like, scenic production people. Uh, Would you be interested? And I was like, yeah, sure, I guess. I don't really know much about your company, but sure. And then the next day, Kyle Pollitt, who was on the podcast, uh, wrote and said, hey, there's a company that I know of that's looking for people I think you'd be good. And I was like, wow, two jobs in one day. And then apparently they know each other from working at Universal. (laughs) So it was the same job. Uh, but yeah, I went in for an interview, talked to him, and was hired like two weeks later. Uh, so it was a pretty fast turnaround. I, you know, gave my week, two weeks notice at East West Players, tried to wrap up everything I could there, and started a new job. Uh, it was basically sink or swim because they are a super big, busy company. Right now, it doesn't seem like it because all of entertainment is dead. Um, but yeah, jumped right in. So. It's a production company that does parties and uh, big events. I've worked on a number of red carpets uh, for Disney. I did Mulan and Bad Boys and... Star Wars. Star Wars. We did a section of the Star Wars one. I'm sure you guys have all seen pictures. I was super excited about uh, working on all of those. So some of the similarities... Well, first of all, one of the the questions that uh, Jim and Stephanie, who Jim's my boss now, uh, asked during the interview is, why why are you leaving theater? And I was like, well, in theater, I worked on the tech side and I built sets and I ran crews and I worried about the lights and the sound and the props and didn't like I didn't interact with the actors as much. And here I'm doing the same thing. So to me, it's basically the same job, except. You load in for one or two days, you have four hours of a show or two hours of a red carpet open, and then you strike it all. So it's kind of the same thing, just a lot faster pace. That must have worked because I got the job. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. 
so it's been it's been really fast paced. The hours like most it's how I've, I've explained it to people. It's like being in tech just constantly and probably on multiple shows at once because uh, that's what it always feels like. The entertainment industry, as I'm sure people have always heard the words like hurry up and wait. There's there's a lot of hurry up and then wait and then hurry up and then wait and getting everything done. Uh, yeah, it's kind of an okay. overview. Questions. What? So the way you describe it to me is it's you do a lot of paperwork, but then a lot of hands on stuff. So to me, it's kind of like a, a good combination of production management and TD work. So what is the production management work, as you would call it, in your job that you do? So my job title, and it took me a while to try to translate the theater job titles into these job titles or vice versa. My job title is scenic project manager. So the company, I guess I'll lay out the kind of the structure of the company. There's the producers in the company and they have different clients and they get the jobs from them and they work with them to figure out what is the event that's happening, what are we providing, how does it look, the layout, the budget and all that. And then work with uh, us and the art department to design and figure out what is being loaded in. So for like uh, Mulan, which was one of the last big ones I did before the lockdown, uh, it was a 200 foot tent on Hollywood Boulevard in front of the Groman's Chinese Theater and um, the Kodak Theater and the El Capitan Theater, that block right there. Uh, and we figure out what is being built. When you see all of the actors standing in front of a big wall of graphics, we're in charge of building that wall, loading in that wall, getting the graphics to wrap around that wall, setting up the risers and steps for all the video and news people to stand on to talk to the actors, um, the barricades so that the cars that are driving down the street to drop off the actors don't run into, the carpeted area, and all that. So as scenic project manager, my responsibility is to get the information from the producer and the art department and translate that into what the scenic department is building. Um, say the step and repeat wall that has the big graphic on it is 300 feet long. Okay, well, we can't obviously build a 300 foot wall. It has to be in sections. So how many walls at what size do we need? And that depends on what is the graphic. Do they want the graphic one long graphic? Do they want the graphic to be multiple graphics so we can have seams? If they're seams, do they want a pillar or something in between the seams? And break all of that down. So when I give it to uh, John Cartesi, who's in charge of the scenic department itself, he can then hand it out to people and be like, okay, we need 15 flats at five foot wide by 10 foot tall, and we need 20 flats at 10 foot tall by 20 feet long and they're all going to be wrapped in this graphic that's going to be delivered on this day um, but then we also need so many walls that are going to be painted and what color paint and what's the sheen of the paint and is it two-sided or three-sided and uh, breaking it down so that 
at the end, I have an entire list of every wall and everything that needs to be loaded onto the truck so that when we get to the site, we can build it. Uh, sometimes it's as easy as just a large wall that's rectangle. Sometimes it's a very custom build. Um, for Mulan, it was it looked like the front of a castle with pictures that were floating off of it with a big hanging Mulan sign, um, red draped <laughs> walls down the side, and all of that was custom built. So then the for Disney, they have an art department that sends us the information um, just like a set designer sends, you know, the drawings. And then I broke down the drawings on how it was going to be built, how it was going to be put together, how we were going to get, you know, pictures to look like they were magically hanging three inches away from the wall uh, and did the technical drawings for that and then transferred them all over to John Cartesi and then walked with the crew through how it was going to be built. So then once everything is built and loaded into a truck, I go with them on the big builds or we go on site and we load everything in. Uh, load it in, get it all ready, everything down to vacuuming the carpet right before it opens so that, you know, it looks really pretty. Uh, and that's always tricky because most of our events are outside. We are building this on a piece of carpet laying in the middle of Hollywood Boulevard. So the floor is not level. Um, that show we loaded in overnight. I think we showed up around seven o'clock at night and I went to 11 the next day, took a nap for a couple hours and came back because it had to be done that night. So figuring out, you know, it was cold, it might have rained, we were inside of a tent, there was, you know, a porta potty delivered so we can go to the bathroom, and then we worked all night trying to get the show up and ready, and things didn't fit exactly how we thought they were going to fit because something was slightly different, so then cutting things down and modifying, and the designer comes in and says, oh, what about if we made that wall three feet taller? It's like... Yep, but there's going to be a seam, and so what side do you want the seam to be on, the top or the bottom, and how do we wrap it? And so it's a lot of solving problems and, yeah, paperwork. <laughs> a lot Wait, of emails. How many, how many different departments that you work with? Because I thought it was just scenic until this past week when all of a sudden you're, like, posting pictures of 32 cow heads, which is kind of gross. So yeah. do you have a whole separate department for props and how does props figure into it because when I think of red carpet events I don't really think about props but I guess I've never really gone to a red carpet event or are they more for like the parties and stuff uh some of them are for red carpet events but a lot more for parties I did uh Janie's fund which was is Steven Tyler's um his I don't know exactly how they call it but it's the nonprofit. Uh, thing that Steven Tyler runs to help like Wayworld Girls or stuff like that. I'm completely blowing all of that. Um, but for that, we loaded into a soundstage and the soundstage was set up like a big party. So there we built walls along both sides of it. There was a stage at the end where there were going to be performers. Then there was layers. And I think I posted a couple pictures of layers of carpet with couches and side tables and bars and chairs and pictures hanging on the wall and centerpieces on all the tables and stuff like that so we have a whole we have uh three three buildings the first building is where the offices are and all the sets get built in the second building is where all of the furniture and props and set dressing uh they don't call it set dressing but that's how i refer to it lives 
And the third warehouse has all the big set pieces, the big bars and uh, DJ booths and sets we built for past things. Um, so standard doors and walls and columns and specialty pieces that were built are all stored there. So there's different crews that work in different areas. They have it broken down into um, builders, painters, fabrics, hands, and then the hands go between uh, the other warehouses and run those. So I don't usually come up with a list, the big list that we call the pull list that I have every wall broken down on. Um, one of the other departments comes up with how many couches and what style of couches do we need and uh, how many votives and what style of votive and pulls the props so that that also gets given to the crew and also makes it on the truck so we can load it in and have it all ready. So it's a master list of everything because everything needs to be put on a truck and sometimes the truck only drives up to um, you know Hollywood but sometimes the truck has to drive to Houston or to Chicago or somewhere else so it's very important to have updated correct paperwork because if you don't get a couch on a truck to Houston you can't just find that exact couch in the local store and you can't just overnight it because you know that's a lot of money to get a couch sent out for just one event. <laughs> so who who puts it all together on site? Um, like, are you in charge of, you're in charge of the wall, but it, then there's somebody in charge of the like set dressing part of it or? It depends on how big the event is because since I oversee all of the crew, even though we, I'm mostly in charge of the walls, I oversee the crew, so I still have to know and work with like the event manager or whoever came up with the set dressing decorations to work with the crew on where do the tables go and where which flower pieces go on what tables and how do you want the pictures hung on the wall. So it's a lot of coordination between me and some of the other departments. Um, sometimes it's the producers, sometimes it's the project manager or... Uh, there was a position called event coordinator, which is now changed into event manager. Uh, and it depends on the size. If it's a small thing and it's just, you know, a 20 foot piece of carpet with a 20 foot wall, there's not much to it. But some, uh, I think Mulan, we had, it didn't have any of the furniture, it was just walls. But I think I had four or five different trucks of just walls and furniture and big things that needed to be brought in for the event. So it's, it's depending on the size of the event and what the event is, it's a number of different people in charge of different areas that all have to come together in a short amount of time to put on a show for a short amount of time <laughs> and then strike it all again. It's almost like opera. Okay, two questions. Do you have to deal with the uh, hiring the trucks and managing the trucks or is there somebody else in the organization who deals with the trucking and you just make sure everything gets on it? One of the crew guys is, don't know what his title is, but he's in charge of all trucking. So we own a couple trucks and then they also rent trucks from Enterprise or something. And so he's in charge of scheduling the trucks because not only do the trucks get loaded to go back and forth to a show, uh, they also have to go do deliveries and pickups because maybe we need somebody to run to Home Depot to buy more wood because we... We didn't calculate enough or maybe we need someone to go to the 
people printing all the graphics and pick up all the graphics. So we have one guy who we send information and say, I need this picked up this day, this location, and he schedules all of that. Um, Johnny, so in, in my position, there's me, Johnny, and Irma, and we all are pro uh, scenic project managers. If we need a semi or something bigger because we're going long distance, then Johnny usually finds the semi and schedules it and does the tracking for that. I haven't had to do that yet. Um, but again, I've only been there a couple months, so that's probably something I'll learn. My next question is, it, you just said there's three people with your title? Yes. Ish? So I'm assuming you're all putting on different projects, but I, you just mentioned going to like Houston and Florida and stuff. Who gets to decide who does those projects? Who gets to travel? Um, so Jim, and I'm terrible at everyone's titles. To me, he's like the TD of our area. Um, he works on the budgets and the overall planning of everything. He usually works with uh, some of the other producers and stuff and breaks out who does what shows. Um, big shows we're trying to get two people on just because they're so big and hectic smaller shows like i've done a number of shows that i didn't actually have to be on site for because they were small enough that the crew is amazing and knows just how to do it so it we try to break it out onto who who's on what shows and how big they are and and who's available uh when i was on mulan it was a big enough show that I couldn't really do any other shows at that time because it was taking all my time, like 10 hours a day or more, just to get that show up and ready. So then Johnny and Irma took the other shows that were going on at that time because I was busy. Uh, I asked for a couple of shows. I know I was only a couple weeks into working there uh, when Star Wars came up. And I said, I want Star Wars. And they're like, you're like brand new at this and it's a really big thing. And I was like, nope, nope, I want Star Wars. Please give me Star Wars. So they gave me Star Wars. Uh, but then Irma's like, you can't have all the fun shows. I want to do Wonder Woman. And I was like, oh, but I wanted to do Wonder Woman. <laughs> She's like, no, but you, got you got to do, to do Milan, Star Wars. Which is, our, which is Rusty's wife's favorite. So then you got to bring them with you. So Yeah, so I, I definitely asked for Mulan too. When I knew Mulan was coming out, I was like, hey, it's Disney. We're probably going to get that contract. Can I have it? And they're like, we don't even have the contract yet. I was like, but if we get the contract, they're like, well, we were going to put you on this other show. I was like, but can I please have this one? So it's, it's back and forth. Sometimes I have no idea what it is. And they're like, hey, you're doing this show. And I'm like, okay, great. And then sometimes it's like, ooh, can I really, I really want this one. So it all, and plus you kind of know, you have to know what everybody else is doing too, because we cannot work 24 seven. I know uh, we've tried, but if Irma has a day off and we try to get at least one day off and break it up, if Irma has a day off and a question comes up, I got to know enough about what she's working on to answer questions about, you know, what color is this wall or is it really supposed to be five foot three inches or can we do five foot? Um, but she's the one who's overseeing the whole thing, but we kind of all jump in and help out and go back and forth on, you know, there's just so many things that go on in LA that need big sets or parties, or I think we had three or four different parties, which are all on the same night. And it just gets really 
hectic. So sometimes I'll be working on like five different shows at a single time. You say that things go really fast. Do you, I know it probably like depends on a show, but you've told me like multiple shows that are crazy. What's kind of like your timeline? Because, you know, in my ideal theater world, you know, you start planning designs like a year in advance and you're talking to directors and designers. So what is, what is like the typical um, time frame that you work in to create these things? Uh, One week. (laughs) I think from getting the like, yeah, it because we're the last people to get the information. I don't know when producers start talking to people about things and when it then gets sent to the art department for them to come up with renderings. And then it goes to Jim to do a budget and then it goes back to the clients because they don't like the budget and what can we cut? And then it goes back to the art department to redraw it to match the new budget. And so all of that has to be approved before it even comes to us. Uh, And sometimes when things don't get approved fast enough, we start building and they're not approved. And now we've wasted time and money building something. But like, I'm supposed to load it in a truck in three days. Like, they got to give me something. And so it's a very, very fast turnaround. I can't even imagine building an entire set in three days. Yeah, it's re- that's why hours are so long. And there's uh, 50, we have 50 something guys in the shop. And it's a beautiful shop. It's gorgeous. It's huge. I love it. But yeah, sometimes, sometimes they get the information much farther in advance. Um, they were doing the premiere of Little Fires Everywhere. Uh, and it got canceled after their third day of load-in. Um, they were opening that night and it got canceled because of the quarantine. But they got that information far enough in advance that they actually started working on it about a month out. I think I had two weeks for Mulan, which was also on top of Little Fires Everywhere. So both of those were being built. Um, but smaller ones, there was a show called I St- or a movie called I Still Believe, and it was a smaller step and repeat. But I think we only got the graphics delivered for that one so that we had to wrap the walls like the night before so it all just varies on how fast we get approval and when the producers can get the client's approval for it and the art department can get the graphics designed and printed and brought back to us so that we can wrap a wall and put it on a truck and then of course things change because like anything in the art and you have 500 people looking at it um the producer will say hey i like this and then the graphic guy will be like oh but i don't like this and it's like oh well i guess we're starting all over so or a graphic gets printed and it's a slightly different color than they wanted it to be and it's got to go back and be reprinted that takes a day to do so now i'm behind getting a wall wrapped with that piece of graphic and put on a truck because the graphic was printed differently or a spelling mistake or or so many things so when I first started, I was like, oh, my God, a week? Like, we have to load the show in, in a week and you don't have approval? And Irma would be like, yeah, it's a whole week. That's like seven days. And I'm like, seven days? I'm I'm in tech and opening a show. Like, I should have had drawings a month ago. And now I'm like, yeah, it's not due till tomorrow at three. We'll get approval of at some point. It's good. <laughs> so it, it's a very you- different mindset of just, yeah, things are not set out very far in advance because everything goes through so many steps and approvals and processes and 
I'm, I'm not sure. That just seems to be the way it works. Like, you know Star Wars is coming out. Why do you not have information? I don't know. Because everybody has to have their hands on it, so it just takes a long time before it gets down to us. <laughs> you already answered my other question. I was going to say, how big is the crew? But you said, like, 50-something is in their building. Yeah, between the three buildings, there's about 50 guys, and it depends on uh, how big the show is. For Mulan, I had, I think, 12 guys out with me. Um, for little shows, sometimes it's only two or three guys. So when you have something like the the Oscars or the Grammys, when you have so many different shows, do you guys ever have to hire, do like overhire, or you just pray you have enough people? No, we have to do overhires because sometimes we're doing like eight different shows at once. Um, so we just don't have enough people because I can't take everybody out of the shop to send them on a show because nobody's in the shop building and painting. And if no one's in the shop building and painting, then we don't have the next show to do. So we were working with a uh, company and they were over hire. Um, but due to California doing the new, I think it's called AB5, which has caused a lot of problems in the uh, entertainment world, independent contractors... Independent contractors were basically turned into independent contractors. So to be an independent contractor, you had to uh, agree to your own rate, set your own hours, do the job how you wanted to do the job um, more independently. Theaters can't work like that. Theaters have a schedule. I can't just ask an actor to show up whenever they feel like showing up and memorize their lines whenever they feel like memorizing their lines. But a lot of theaters had all of their crew and stuff as independent contractors because nobody can keep an entire salaried or full-time staff of casting crew and everything. So when the new law hit, a lot of people um, we couldn't use because they were considered independent contractors, but we were telling them what the rate was and what time they had to be there. So we had to stop using them. Um, the, I'm not entirely sure how, how all of that works. Uh, so then we started using different groups of people. Um, we were hiring new people to bring on uh, before the whole quarantine thing hit but yeah we had outside people that we would consistently go to to help because sometimes it's just we need to unload three trucks worth of furniture and it doesn't necessarily take a lot of skill but we need people like you just can't do it all yourself um yeah we hire definitely hire outside people uh i know when you first started and you mentioned this once that there's like a a learning curve that you were trying to figure out the titles and how titles worked in the company and how things compare. What are some examples you can give? And also you were telling me, what is it, a cheeseboro or like the difference that people that the movie industry was using for yeah. traditional ways things were built in the theater world. And there's one example that I don't remember what it was, but you were saying that they kept saying something. You're like, I have no idea what this is. And then when you learned it, you're like, oh, now I know what's going on. What yeah. are some examples of those? I always called uh, hog troughs. The two, uh, the, you know, one by three and the one by three that, you know, you glue together and staple together to be an L. And you use it as a support to strengthen things because it's not going to bend if, you know, they're attached like an L together. But... This company and apparently other people in this field called it a whaler. 
And so I didn't know what a whaler was. And they kept wanting me to use whalers. And I'm like, I don't know what a whaler is. And so one day, like a weekend, I had uh, John Cartesi walk me around the shop. And I was like, Hogtroth. And I'd point at it. It was like a different language. I'd point at it and say Hogtroth. And he said, whaler. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I pointed at the sawhorse. And I was like, sawhorse? And he's like, um, burrow. And I was like, oh, okay. You're calling it by the burrow by like the brand name of people who make the sawhorse and I'm calling it a sawhorse okay so we we are speaking the same language <laughs> they call them walls and I'm used to calling them flats that one was easy to figure out uh but yeah the big one was whaler and so I looked it up and a whaler is a hog trough more or less and it comes from the whaling days and it was a big piece of metal on the front of a ship that would like break the ice or whatever. Um, and so normal in, I think technically a whaler is a metal support hog trough, but I, they use them interchangeably. Okay. That makes much more sense. But yeah, it was like a week of me being like, oh my God, I thought I knew what I was doing and I have no idea what these people are talking about <laughs> at all. Uh, as far what about as titles? Because like, you, you don't have like a, a TD or a shop foreman. Exactly. So I don't know. I don't remember what everybody's official titles are. But so I'm like, my job doesn't really exist in the theater world because, like you said, it's kind of a mixture between like a production manager and technical director and and doing the scheduling of the crew and all. And so I don't, I, I can't translate my title exactly. And Jim, I called a technical director because he's the one who oversees all of us and puts together the budgets and does the account, like puts, you know, the receipts at the end of the month and turning in what account goes where and hiring the crew and things like that. I think his official title director scenic and fabrication okay i don't know what that means but he's more or less the td we have uh john cortese who i've talked about a number of times he's the shop foreman he runs the entire shop he gets the stuff ordered he trans you know we give him the information of what we need and he hands it out to the crew and make sure it's being built right and make sure the shop is clean and organized and running um, his makes more sense. He's the scenic shop manager. Okay. There are producers. And so that one I understood. But then there's... Um, uh, what's this one's title? Event managers. And there were project... No, event coordinators. And I couldn't tell the difference between an event manager and event coordinator. And I still really can't. Um, but then they got rid of event <laughs> coordinators and it changed to project managers. And so from what I've figured out over the last couple months is the producers do like the big stuff and have their own clients. And then there's project managers. Oh no, but then there's production managers. See, there's so many different things. Um, so the production manager is like a production manager in theater, except they're more worried about getting the street closure permits, um, 
We don't have all carpet in stock, so they order extra carpet if we need it. They order the barricades in the trucks that are setting up the barricades. They're renting the forklift. They're putting together the timeline of what moves in when and how and gets all of that approved. That sounds like a fun job. I'd like that one. Yeah, I think you'd be great at it, except you don't want to move out here. We'll work on that. Um, So they're doing that. And so we work closely with them because we need to know when we're moving things in and out. And they need to know how many trucks are coming in and out. Because some events, especially Disney, is very strict on who gets to come in and out of the access area and we have to have wristbands and all that so they oversee like the bigger project and they work with the producer to get that thing those things all coordinated so i don't have to worry about where's carpet coming from i just have to worry about the carpets being loaded in at 6 a.m so i have to load in the set at 9 a.m because it has to go on top of the carpet so they deal with that then the what was the other one i just said project manager so the project manager, I'm still trying to figure out. So they help, they like assist with the producer and the production manager on getting things ordered, but they're also used to do the set dressings and furniture and things like that. But not, and then sometimes they do their own smaller shows as like the whole producer everything. If it's a small event. And so I'm not entirely sure if they have, I don't know, I haven't read job descriptions of anyone. So they kind of fill in wherever needed and take over different areas and and help run the bigger shows because you need more people to help run those shows. So that well, at least I... you know what some of those people do. Exactly. And now that I know the people, I'm like, oh, you seem to do a lot more of the um, furniture and the props and pulling those and getting them organized and ready and shipped out and on the truck and, you know, finding them on Amazon or eBay or wherever we're buying things and getting them shipped here and labeled to get put on the truck. Um, I'm sure they have many other jobs that's just what I work with them in that capacity. Uh, Then we have the art department and there's five or six guys and girls in the art department and they do all the renderings. So they, we don't have a set designer. The producer and the client work with the art department to come up with the set design. And then they render it. Uh, They use SketchUp Pro and some other programs to render it and draw it in 3D and take the pictures of it and send it back to the client and the client approves it or disapproves it. And then the renderings get sent to us and I then got uh, SketchUp Pro so that I could tear apart their drawings and make technical drawings out of it. So it's interesting to me because they're graphic design people mostly but they're doing set design work, but they're not necessarily trained in set design. So that one's a little different because sometimes we then change the design some because they're not necessarily designing to, you know, four by eight flats or whatever. Then there's some people who do official 
like they call them line plans, but it's the ground plans and blueprints, but we don't get those for every show. I'm not entirely sure what shows get those and what shows don't get those or how that comes about. So that that changes. <laughs> they, it's great when we <laughs> I'm get those. trying to figure out how to put, a, put together a set based on like not a having picture. a ground plan. But I guess if you have renderings and you kind of can eyeball where things go in a space and then you change them in a space anyways, like you can have drawings about where every piece of furniture goes on set and you're going to get on set and you're going to move them anyways. So Exactly. So it's a mixture of different things. And sometimes the bigger shows do have the ground plans and all that. Um, the smaller shows just have like a picture of a wall and I'm like, okay, great. And then I figure out where roughly the wall is going to go or... Yeah, it kind of changes depending on what it is, or sometimes we'll get a ground plan um, and then a rendering, and it's like, okay, I'm assuming this wall goes here, and then, you know, lots of meetings of, okay, where does this wall go, and, you know, I have to have a jack here, so we're going to have to move it out three feet, and you know, this doesn't actually show what it is, and, and back and forth, but it's, yeah, it's definitely uh, working with different departments, so I, I figured out more of who does what, but... They don't all translate into theater terms. And then we do have lighting and sound and tech stuff, but we use an outside company called Unmatched, which used to be part of 1540, and they still are somewhat 1540. I haven't quite figured that out. But they are the ones that do all the lighting setup. So because a red carpet, nobody's going to be able to see anything at uh, 5 o'clock at night. So they come in with the lights and the sound and the cables and the power and and all of that. So I think the production manager and the producers work with them to figure out the tech side. So I don't ever have to think about lighting or sound or anything like that unless I need to build a wall a different height so a lighting instrument can be hid behind it. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, because I feel like some of the Star Wars ones or stuff had, like, lighting inside of it or had... Yeah, so we built the structure, and then we had them come in and wire in the lighting inside of the structure so it would glow. And then both of us were on site to make sure it all worked. how to make it all work. That's cool. That is really cool. Do you have to rent the tents or is that like the production manager's job the production manager and producer rent the tents the tents the carpets the barricades the like the things that are kind of set and don't have to be built necessarily yeah exactly and those all usually start getting loaded in like 1 a.m right way before you guys start yeah because the tent has to go in first before the carpet can go in, before the set can go in, before the lights can go in. So they're dealing with all that. And I'm like, great, I don't have to show up till 10 o'clock. And they're like, yep, we've been here since midnight. And I was like, yep. Fun. <laughs> <laughs> I have been on Hollywood Boulevard at so many hours of the day, 24 hours a day. I've watched the sun rise and set a number of times. What was the, I don't know what time we're getting to. I just keep asking questions. Um, what was the learning curve like for your first couple? Like, do you feel it's gotten easier or do you still feel it's uh, um, as hectic? Or did you have somebody that you shadowed on the first one or was it just kind of like uh, sink or swim? Uh, both. The learning curve was big because it's 
going into a first of all a brand new company with like 80 employees and so i knew irma i knew one um i went into star wars uh press junket within the first couple of weeks and so i was shadowing stephanie gardea she moved up to production manager but she was at this position for years and so i shadowed her on some things i talked to irma about some things i and they're like well you already know how to build a set and you know how to run a crew so now you just need to figure out how to load it into a space you've never been before in a short period of time so the learning curve i think for me wasn't about how to do the job it was how to do the job in this company because mm. i was still trying mm -hmm. to figure out like we just talked about like well who do i talk to about this and who is loading the truck and what kind of paperwork am i filling out this pull list has to be very detailed and the crew's used to it a certain way but it has all the information on it the size of the wall the color of the wall the graphic on the wall where it's located when it has to be pulled out if it's multiple trucks what truck do i want that one on um, what other walls is it being attached to and so it was just the paperwork and how the company worked and how to load in on a street and learning the different terms of what they called a whaler and i called a hog trough was more the learning curve than the rest of it is just flats and walls being loaded into a space. That part, that part made sense. <laughs> it was, it was the rest of who does what and who do I talk to and when do I talk to them and getting used to the fact that like three days out, I don't have approval and I'm freaking out and everyone else is like, yeah. <laughs> I would freak out about that. Yeah. And so being like, oh, okay. And the shop, the guys in the shop are amazing. Like they can bang out things so fast and so I was like, oh, okay, I'm used to working with like three crew members and we have 50 crew members here. Like, obviously paint takes time to dry, but there's still, you know, 10 people in the paint department. So they can turn things around a lot faster. Um, so that, that's been great. And John Cortese is on top of it and was a furniture builder for years. So he knows how to build things. And it's kind of funny because he came from furniture building. So he's used to... Uh, being very precise and like taking a long time to do things and I came from theater where nobody's closer than 30 feet and I was joking with him and I was like we kind of met in the middle here like everything's got to be perfect because it's on tv but we're also turning it around in like a week and so he had to get over making things perfect and I had to make sure things were more perfect because a They're tv is closer right than 30 feet exactly well, and also your graphics too, like you said, like the seams have to be even more perfect because you don't want that graphic to look funny if you're wrapping it over like multiple flats at the same time. Yeah, the graphic, I mean, not the graphic department, but the fabric department, they will take so long to wrap a wall because they measure all of the sides of the graphic and the wall and they make sure the wall is smooth and they wrap it in um, black muslin or something or white, depending on what the graphic is with like two layers. And then they tape all the seams down. And then when they wrap the actual graphic, they measure it so that it's perfectly centered like within an eighth of an inch. And we're talking over like a 10 foot by 20 foot wall. They will go around and make sure it's perfectly centered and square. And then they have a specific way on how they fold the end so that you don't see the fold. The fold is on top and they staple it. And if anything is messed up, they'll pull it apart and redo the whole thing. 
Like they are so detail oriented. And then title treatments or like what we've been using the CNC for is when there's a wall and then there's the 3D letter sticking off of it. They could get those perfectly centered too. And if we don't get a drawing from the art department telling us exactly where to place it, they won't place it. Because where is it going to be placed exactly in the wall? How many inches from the top? How many inches from the side? What angle is it on? And it, it takes them a while to do, but it's so perfect. And if they know something's not going to be perfect, they ask and they're like, hey, we think this graphic was printed a little too close to the edge. We don't usually print it that close to the edge. They'll come find us and ask before they do it. And it's, it's just a great team of people. They're so detail-oriented and dedicated and are willing to stay 12 hours a day, seven days a week with like no breaks because they're just really good at their job. I mean, everyone complains once in a while and when you're working that many hours, it gets exhausting. But yeah, they're amazing. Some of this stuff, I was like, oh my God, you just built that like right now? Okay. <laughs> like while I went to the bathroom, you finished it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's cool. So yeah, that's uh that's the new job I'm doing. Currently, it's uh, been a lot more cleaning and inventory and playing with the CNC machine, trying to figure things out. Uh, yeah, updating paperwork. We're trying to make things more organized and streamlined. So when we get back, you know, the fonts are the same on all the paperwork and the logos updated on the paperwork and everybody's using the same files. And um, yeah, just hoping for movies and stuff to start coming back out so we can get busy again. Everyone's getting a little bored around here. <laughs> and uh, working on Irma, trying to get Irma on the podcast because we went to college together, but then she went a very different route. Uh, she did theater for a while, but then she also worked at Universal, so she knows the entertainment industry through theme parks. Uh, she was in Texas for a couple years and did like convention center management of moving people in and out of those. Uh, and then she's been at 1540 for two or three years. And so I told her the other day she has to be on the podcast and give her a view because I've not worked in amusement parks and I haven't done convention centers and stuff. So it's interesting. Just the theater world or the entertainment world is so much bigger when you think about it. Because in school, you're like, okay, theater or film. It's like, nope, there is so much more. There's so many things. Yeah. So many things that we can all do. So Yeah. That's what I've been doing the last couple months. Also, why we haven't had a podcast in a while, because working 10 to 12 hour days doesn't leave much time for recording. No, especially when I was doing the same thing and being across, well, no, I was going to say being across country from each other, but I was actually in your part of the country for a while. But A little bit. But now we have all the podcasts. Now we have all the podcasts, because now we have nothing but free time. <laughs> so twin schedule all the podcasts <laughs> so and Zoom meetings. It's true. So until next time, friends, which will just be next week for us. Yep, next week. And we will keep posting things and Twin can be disgusted by the skulls. They were real. Yeah, they were kind of, their teeth jittered. It was kind of fun. Yeah, that's kind of gross. Yeah. Okay, bye everyone! <laughs> Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more, visit our website at twinstocktheater.podbean.com and subscribe on iTunes or Google Play Music. You can also interact with us on Facebook or Instagram at Twinstock Theater. Title music, Dance Macop, is provided by Kevin McLeod of incomtech.com under Creative Commons License 3.0.